Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everyone. Yes, the only podcast where two brothers talk about the thing they love, which in this case happens to be comic books. Uh, I'm one of those two brothers, uh, a partial kind of comedian and uh, one of the hosts, Kevin Hines. Uh, I'm the other co-host, Will Hines. Now we're partial kind of comedians. Yeah, I meant to just say kind of comedians, but you know. Uh, kind of wasn't like self-deprecating <laughs> enough. You had to yeah, also throw partial on there. We're only kind of comedians some and of part- the time. Partially that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're funny sometimes. I mean, I think that's. Uh, I mean, I can't do it all low. the time. Most people are not funny at all. Most people mm-hmm. walk around with zero sure. sense of irony. Sure. I know, but it's just, you know, there's there's comedians and there's kind of comedians. And then there's, you know, people who do that some of the time. Just how far are we going to go next week? It's semi-partial kind mm-hmm. of comedians. Yeah. Occasionally. See, we're making jokes right now. This is yeah. pretty good. Is this, is this, I don't know if this is jokes. These are hilarious. Um, I'll people are listening the... right now. They're crying laughing. They're like, this is unbelievably really? good. Oh, interesting. <laughs> they they laugh that much at the jokes we make at the top of every podcast. I've seen people on the street listen to our podcast. They're rolling, literally rolling on the street. They're like, this. What an unbelievably funny thing to say. People, people. Not a safe way to. Not a safe way to walk through the city. No, we are we are public menace, threat or menace. <laughs> uh, we are in the middle of our Superior Spider Man season. This is the most requested season. Uh, I think we've had since we started doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will had never read these comics before. He's reading them for the first time for this podcast. I'd read them before. Uh, Will is now a huge fan. I remain a huge fan of this run. It's really fun. It is a run where Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus, one of Spider-Man's arch nemesis, has uh, taken over uh, Spider-Man's body, uh, killed the uh, the. Uh, uh, other the real spider-man and now uh dr Oct- uh, not dr octopus in peter parker's body has become the only spider-man the superior spider-man that's right well summarized yeah uh, and we are uh, today we're going to be covering issues seven eight nine and ten uh we'll spend some time on issue nine and sort of briefly talk about seven eight and ten yeah let's get into it um so up to this point uh, what had just happened? He had just uh, uh, he had just killed Massacre and then beaten and the then crap brutally out of... beaten Screwball and um, Jester. So he revealed to the world that this Spider-Man, Otto Spidey, is like very violent, and even yeah. is willing to kill. Yeah, and to their ideas, if they even if they think it's the same Spider-Man, he's he's changed. Yeah, something's happened to Spidey. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, so as we get into it in this first issue, issue seven. Um, the Avengers have taken notice that Spidey's acting different and they want to talk to him. Right. Um, the Avengers basically call him in. Because he is an uh, Avenger at this there's point. There's like a, yeah, there's a subplot where um, Spider-Man is fighting Cardiac, who is like a, like a late 90s, uh, one of these sort of like uh, fuzzy good guys. He's like, he's. He's a good guy, but like he breaks the rules. He's sort of like the uh, MCU or the uh, main universe prowler. He's sort of um, not quite Punisher. Like he definitely breaks the law, but he does it for very good reasons. He's only like one step worse of a hero than like Spider-Man or Daredevil. He's only breaking. He's way a few better more than Punisher. Laws. Like yeah, he doesn't have vengeance on his mind. He's looking to just like subvert the system 
mm-hmm. to like help people in need. Like he's sort of like wants to run an underground hospital for people who can't afford healthcare. Right. And a cardiac is stealing some devices. And so Spider-Man with his big brother technology knows about this and catches him stealing a device. And it turns out to be a, a, a device that Dr. Octopus invented that helps him like interface with his arms. Right. So Spidey Otto is doubly mad. First, he's mad because he has told himself he's going to be a superior Spider-Man. This is a bad guy. He mm-hmm. wants to bring him in just almost for his points just to do <laughs> yeah, a good right. job as Spidey. But then also but, his pride gets activated because it's his device that's being stolen. How yeah. dare this miscreant, this like less than person lay their grubby vigilante mitts on Spidey Otto's device, right? Right. So he's going to pummel Cardiac and then like Ghost Peter, the remnant of Peter's brain that's still in Otto's brain, stops him from like punching Cardiac full force. Much like in the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze Mm -hmm. and Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg, if you are a ghost, but you summon all of your willpower, you can move things like pennies around. You can have that much of an effect on the physical world. Yeah. And so Ghost Peter is able to sort of affect actions Mm -hmm. of Spidey Otto if he really puts all of his emotion into it. If you're going to do a story about ghosts, you got to watch Ghost first. That's, that's the, sort of the source material. That's like if you want to do a zombie movie, you got to watch Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Ghost laid out the rules for ghost characters in um, melodrama. Yeah. You, you they got to be hot. It. First of all, they got to be hot. All ghosts are hot. That's true. Um, or weird looking or character actors. <laughs> and then um, they're able to move stuff with their mind if they really want to. Yep. And yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. Those are the two. Those, those are the two all, all you That's need to know it, yeah. about ghosts. Yeah. They're into pottery. At some point, they got to make pottery. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so please just do us a favor. Do your research. All right. Future Hollywood scriptwriters. Yeah. Who we know. Listen. If you if you make a movie and you're not following the ghost rules, then I'm already out. It's just like that's like doing a time travel movie and not having seen Back to the Future. It's like, yeah. yeah. Do your research. That's a documentary about how it's time travel minimum. works. If you're going to do a movie about hacking, you watch War Games. <laughs> there, oh, very early reference to War Games. <laughs> I got to get this it episode. In. People I- expect it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so he, he gets close to beating the crap out of Cardiac, but Ghost, Ghost Peter, Peter stops, stops him. him and lets Cardiac escape. And then the Avengers call Spider-Man in to basically uh, uh, basically say, like, what's up? You, you've changed. Something's wrong with you. And in they the- want to... They want to scan his body because in the comic book universe, it's like so common for a body to be yeah. possessed by like various forces that they just have a procedure for it. That's where right. It's they, like, hey, nothing personal. We think <laughs> you might be possessed. Yeah. So it is a weird thing. Like uh, this happens in movies a lot, right? This is like in The Thing, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Like nobody wants to have their blood tested uh, because they don't want it. Like in that movie, they test everyone's blood to make sure they're not the alien really the thing and nobody wants it done even the people who aren't the thing yeah um and just like here like spider-man doesn't want to be tested and it's this weird thing where it's like i sort of get it it's an invasion of privacy you don't trust me but at the same time there's this thing happening like in the marvel universe where scrolls exist shape-changing aliens who frequently replace people yeah you think you'd you want to be able like to dr doom walking around who seem to be able to every now and then just take over people's bodies <laughs> you think you'd want to be able to be okay Saying, yeah, I'll prove who I am. What's the harm in that to some extent? Like if someone asked me to do that today, I'd be like, why? 
But if they're like, oh, yeah, remember that scroll invasion last week? I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do this. Yeah, it's completely reasonable. Mm -hmm. But Otto's got a lot of pride, Kevin. I think that's something maybe you don't haven't picked up yet on Dr. Octopus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, he is not Peter Parker, so he's a little worried that they'll detect something. Right. Um, even he's though got it, a good reason. He's got a good reason to ha, ha, fight against it. But because so many people fight against it, it's not that out of the ordinary that Peter Parker would say, no way. Right. So the issue ends with the Avengers getting ready to gang up on him and force him to take this test. It's kind of exciting to see all the Avengers ganging up on Spidey. Yeah. Uh, this issue is drawn by Humberto Ramos. Okay. As uh, I pronounce it. Um and I like his art. It's a little exaggerated, a little cartoony, but really beautiful. It's great. Uh, and the next issue is also Umberto. Uh, and this continues that storyline. The Avengers are fighting him. I mean, that first... That, that that battle sequence of the Avengers taking out Spidey is hilarious. Like the first big battle sequence image, like Thor's hammer is flying by. Wolverine's claws are swinging. Like It, it looks like Thor's hammer he's... has hit him. The Captain America's shield has hit him. Wolverine has punched him. Black Widow. I think it's all missed him. Oh, he's dodging all of it? I think he's dodged every... I mean, if he got hit by Thor's hammer, he's out. He's got to be out. That hammer is not being thrown. That's not. He's not lobbing that hammer at him. Um, well, they take him out by the end of the page. Yes. Yeah. He gets smashed with the, ha- uh, the shield right in the face hard, and he goes down, which Ghost, Spider's ha- Ghost Peter's happy. He thinks they're going to... The Avengers are going to figure this out. They're going to bring me back. Yeah. Woohoo, being an Avenger is paid off. One of the other plots going on is um, the policeman Cooper. I don't know. Carly Cooper. Detective former Cooper. Former yeah. girlfriend of Peter Parker and uh, current CSI cop type. During the brief window where Peter was alive in Otto's dying body, Peter Otto told her, I'm Spider-Man trapped in this body. Otto has my body. But then that body with Peter in it was killed. Yeah. But she's carrying around this moment of like, huh, <laughs> I was told by a dying Dr. Octopus yeah. that he was really Spider-Man and she's been keeping an eye on Spidey and is like, yeah, he's definitely acting the way Dr. Octopus would act in his body. So she's yeah. trying to, she's now convinced and she's trying to prove it. Yeah. She won't say it to anyone. She's not, she's not convinced enough to tell other people, but she's definitely convinced enough to keep looking into it. She's, she's a good looking cop. into it. Um, Keeping up the tradition of good cops and Spidey comics, like, you know, in my little liberal circle of friends, there's a lot of skepticism on the police force in general, mm-hmm. but Steve Ditko was a big pro-cop guy. Yeah. And also, it just kind of helps your story to have cops not continually be corrupt assholes yeah. and for there to be good cops. And so there's a lot of good cops in the Spidey universe. Yeah, he's often also had, like, a cop advocate frequently, right? He's had uh, Gene DeWolf and Captain Stacy. He's got his like Commissioner uh, Gordon character, like his man on the inside who protects him, sort of. Yeah, it changes a lot who that is, but he often has like one cop who's pretty high ranking, generally a detective, who likes Stands him and trusts him. Yeah, we got Watanabe uh, in this Captain Captain Watanabe um, is definitely one of them. Yeah, so there's those characters exist, and that's fun. Um, Watanabe, uh, who's anyway, the big, they, big character in the video game. Uh, yeah, right, that's right. And becomes yeah. the Wraith. Oof. Um, she's already cool in the Marvel universe. At any point, you could become a superpower being. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's sort of having a lot of melodramatic stuff happen to you. Yeah, and and you are you find yourself becoming a featured character in a superhero's 
life story and you're in the Marvel universe, you might be thinking, Ooh, baby, I might be getting promoted to superpowered being. I might Good get a evil. costume. If you don't get one, it's embarrassing. It's a, it's a slight. Yeah, it's a slap in the face. I mean, you might even be a Flash comic Thompson. relief character. You might be a Foggy Nelson. Even you Flash Thompson got Jameson. to be a superhero for a while. It's, right. You know, um, Spider Man gets scanned by the Avengers and um, he, he decides everything's fine. Yeah, they're like, you're not a scroll. Like, and this is Peter's body. There's nothing wrong with Peter's body. So there's nothing wrong with it. While they're telling him the results, and they're kind of, they're kind of like, whoops, we screwed up. Um, uh, Real quick, I want to read what the results were. You're not a scroll. You were not being controlled by Space Phantom, the Puppet Master, Purple Man, or the Controller. Like, they run down like a lot of these. They have little adventure villains who do this. Yeah. Um, But they show on a monitor the brain waves that they tracked. And even at a glance, yeah. super genius Otto Octavius can see, wait a minute, they didn't notice it, but I noticed it. There is something weird with my brain. And what he's noticing is the presence of ghost Peter. Yeah. Which is, um, ghost Peter sees him notice that and is scared. That's right. Um, Another and- little weird thing that happens is Black Widow has a little heart to heart with Spidey and kind of says, hey, I know you killed somebody. I've done that, too. If you need to talk about it, I'll talk about it with you. And then she kind of gives him a little big sister advice, which is like, be careful with that. Like, I get it, but that catches up with you. Yeah, I like that, too. I like that there's like an in her POV explanation for why he's being this way. It's, yeah, she's killed. She's an assassin. She's killed people. And Peter saw somebody he cared about die. Uh, Silver Sable. Uh, again, Dan Slott kills a lot of people. The Silver Sable, I think, comes back before. Uh, uh, does he come back? Be- she come back before Slot leaves? I can't remember. Got me. Um, but another person who's died to traumatically affect um, Spider-Man throughout this run. And she's like, yeah, that happened. And this that's roughly when this started. So, oh, yeah. So she has a reasonable, although incorrect, explanation yeah. for why he's behaving this way. We know you're not controlled by a space phantom. Or the controller, but you did kill somebody. That's out of still. That's very different. So, well, there must be a reason, and maybe this is the reason. I think I know what it is. Uh, it is not, but it it's not. nice to give Otto that out, um, and it also helps k- explain why the Avengers aren't like still suspicious of him. Yeah, they have an explanation for them to to make it rest easy. And um, but Ghost Peter is able to make Otto sometimes write notes. We've found out yeah. in these issues. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so he tries to do a little drawing to clue Black Widow into it. And his drawing is a doodle of a Spidey mask, and then a cryptic octopus with an arrow pointing into Spidey. It's, it's completely. There's no way you would know what was going on from this drawing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also, unfortunately, an octopus kind of looks like a spider if you scribble yeah. it fast. So um, Black yeah, Widow Black does notice this a... note. It's like, wow, for someone called Spider-Man, he sure draws a lousy spider. <laughs> but he was trying to draw an octopus. Which is surprising. I mean, he sews them onto his costume. You must, you must know yeah. he can make a good-looking spider. Yeah. He's got that design acumen. He's shown it's, it. It's very funny how, like, not effective this drawing is at communicating what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, it is fun to see, like, Peter keeps trying. Um, Otto then goes back to cardiac, finds out cardiac wanted this Dr. Octopus technology to save, save a little girl. girl's life. And so, but who they don't know how in, it works. Who was put in danger, uh, of oh, a battle. Of, right. Because of Dr. Octopus, some, one of Dr. Octopus's ozone depletion schemes endangered. Cause he's had many of the, a couple of those, at least <laughs> as far as I know. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, back in 1990, he tried to put crack in the atmosphere. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But that, that hurt the ozone. Okay. If, if I remember from uh, our read of that and I, and they're referring to a storyline that's happened during the slot era. So that's at least two ozone destroying plans of Dr. Octopus. Yeah. That's his very... real arch nemesis, the ozone. Yeah. He should um, dress up as a big spray bottle with uh, chlorofluorocarbons <laughs> or whatever there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So Spidey Otto is moved by this. He's like, oh, I do feel responsible. And you know what? I can actually save her because I know how to work this thing. Yeah, it's my technology, so I can I can save your life, and he so, does. He saves her life. He, he performs surgery in a Spidey costume and scrubs, which is hilarious looking. Yeah, you'd think you'd want to take off the mask to get that full eyesight. It's got to cut off your eyesight a little bit, a little bit. Uh, uh, but he doesn't. And um, Ghost Peter at first tries to prevent him from doing the surgery, and Otto like kind of talks without knowing that it's Ghost Peter messing with his hand, sort of talks him down. Well, without us knowing, I think at this point he knows because he's seen the brain scan. He's had enough moments where Peter oh, okay. has wrested control. I think he has some idea of what's happening. So he basically pleads he doesn't, directly. He hasn't said it. He hasn't said it to the readers. Okay. But he says out loud, this moment will pass. And he's almost ordering the whatever the yeah. presence is. It will pass. Then he saves the girl. That convinces Cardiac that this guy's not so bad. And they sort of bond. Yeah. Um, and spider auto also says, I need to take this device. Now I need to use it, but I'm going to bring it back to you. I don't actually care that you have it now. I just need to borrow it for something. And they trust each other. So cardiac's okay with that A little sweet moment where the girl who had been dying and she has a little plush toy that she's been clutching, wants to give it to Spidey as a thank you. Yeah. And at first auto refuses, but then he accepts it because her new favorite doll is a little stuffed Spider-Man doll. Yeah. And the last page shows him with that doll on his desk. So he does take it and he thinks, I've never received a token like this. Never had this kind of victory. Uh, that doesn't stop him. He still wants to perform what he calls a Parkerectomy. Yes, yeah, so that gets into the issue we really want to get into. Um, yeah. Should we take an early break before we do it or just get partway through this? I guess partway through um, this. I don't. Uh, where are we at? How long have we been recording? A minute? Two? 30 seconds? Two minutes, three minutes. I mean, I'm not great at timing these things. Sure, sure. Um, 20 minutes, probably? Yeah, I mean, let's start this issue. Let's talk about this cover first, Will. Okay. So it is a really cool drawing. What is of, a cover? Oh, um, a cover is the outer layer of mm -hmm. a book. It is um, mm -hmm. when the book is closed, it's the oh. top surface that a consumer might look at when they're deciding whether or not to purchase said book. I see. And, and that uh, applies to print books or comic books, sure. Kevin. Lots of things have covers. Do you, uh, okay, this might, uh, do you eat covers? No, no, not uh, normally. Really, just the I, pages, just the pages within. None of it. None of the book you eat. You don't eat any <laughs> none of it. of it. None of it. I don't understand. You shouldn't books. be eating any of your book. I mean, you got to eat something. That's true, but it's not going to be books. It's going to be food. Okay. Okay. So, See, uh, on, stuff right here. Great. on this stuff. note, what is food? <laughs> no, all right, let's, uh, uh, yeah, so it's a cover of uh, uh, of Spider-Man and like his brain sort of the, superimposed. And the like curls of the brain are spelling out the superior Spider-Man. And in the brain is a tiny little Peter Parker on the run from a tiny Dr. Octopus. Yeah, it's a really cool cover. Yeah. Um, it's a... It's a uh, yeah, I really I think that's a really fun distinctive cover. This issue is drawn trippy. by. I feel I feel like this. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, I don't know who did this cover. I don't think this is Ryan. It doesn't look like Ryan Stegman, but it might be. 
I don't see a signature on it. It doesn't say in the it doesn't say anything in the the the, the credits page, but uh, the issue is drawn by Ryan Stegman, who is the original artist on the early issues of this. He's back for this storyline. You were going to um, say something else about the cover? Yes, it looks like uh, like a 1970s R. Crumb drawing, like when he would like have a character like smoking pot or something like that, and the brain would get like lit up with an with an electric jolt or something like that. Did show like how cool drugs were or whatever. It feels spiritually like a Ditko splash page, not a Ditko cover necessarily, but like something that you might have uh, as a splash page sort of demonstrating this is what the issue is about that we're yeah, about I to see start. That. I could see that. Like um, a close-up weird angle shot of Peter Parker, but it's divided and half Spidey mask, half Peter. and Yeah, with Dr. Ock on his head and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, spiritually, at least. Um, so at the beginning of this, Spidey Otto has his little brain instrument that he used to save the little girl last issue. He's mm -hmm. borrowing it from Cardiac. Now he's using it to really get a look at his brainwaves. And now he can confirm, yes, Peter is in here. That's right. And he's got uh, the living brain as his assistant. Issue eight. World's funniest, like in the MCU movies, you know, you see Robert Downey Jr. talking to the Jarvis mm -hmm. AI, who's Paul Bettany, right? Oh, no, Jim yeah, Paul, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany's Jarvis's voice? Yeah, because he becomes the Vision. Oh. Um, I get all those uh, dashing British actors confused. Sure, sure. Paul Bettany, Jude Law, you know, yeah. Marty Feldman. I mean, I Jude Law would have been a great voice. <laughs> um, and uh, so Paul Bettany and Doc Hawk has the living brain, who's an idiot computer from issue 13 or whatever of the Amazing Spider-Man. Tribute uh -huh. to teenagers. <laughs> Tribute to teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> the living brain. God bless them. God most, bless them. Most teenagers from the 60s think about the living brain because that was a tribute to them. They paid attention. They're like, hey, they that was a that. tribute to me. They think. Yeah, that was for me. Stan and Ditko <laughs> made the living brain for me. Um, as opposed to all those other issues of the early Spider-Man that were aiming so far above teenagers' heads. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No way teenager could follow a story like The Chameleon or The Vulture. They dumbed it down with The Living Brain. Anyway, The Living Brain is uh, Spidey Otto's assistant, which is really funny. Yeah. And um, then we get into the bulk of the issue, which is basically like takes place inside Spidey Otto's brain. And yeah. there's this is like going to be like um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or something where there's like we're seeing visual manifestations of people's memories and things and Ghost Peter and brain auto are going to battle for this mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. Like the first, when we first get in there, it's a splash or not a spread across two pages of like Peter Parker, sort of in a New York, but like dream. Between, yeah. He's between like a high school and there's a bridge in the background and you can see forest Hills in the distance, but also the entire sky looks like Dr. Octopus. Yeah. The daily bugle is nearby and yeah. the landscape is sort of crumbling and that's Otto trying to delete um, Peter's presence in his brain. Yeah, he talks about how that he had kept all these memories so that to be Spider-Man, he could have access to them. He could act because we've seen him in the past go accessing memory of like he can sort of tap into these memories that are there for him. Yeah. To look at when he needs to get research. He's like, but clearly those memories have become another Peter Parker. I can't risk it anymore. I'm going to now delete all those memories. Right. So. Uh, there's a little thing where, so then Otto enters the brain mm -hmm. 
I can't, I'm sorry to use 1980s movies references constantly, but it's sort of like Tron where like the programmer enters the computer and then for the rest of the movie, you're in the computer scape, but there's a little humanoid version of the programmer uh, battling bad guys and stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So now we got Peter and Otto. Um, and it's one of these things. It's also very matrixy where they're having a physical battle, but that physical battle represents emotions kind of. It's a little inception-y too. Ooh, nice. We got a, we got a lot of, a lot of, that's a, yeah. It's very modern reference for us. It's really 15, modern. 15 it's... years old. <laughs> Only like four Nolan movies ago. We're yeah. not really catching up. If we were really hip, there'd be some Arrowverse episode we could refer to, you know? Oh yeah, it's real hip. Real hip to refer to the CW superhero shows. For us it is. I guess it would be. It's but better than us saying like, this is like Walter Matthau on the Bad News Bears or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> An underrated film. Uh, yeah. Highly what, rated. Highly what's, rated like, just, what's like a... What's like a I think it's underrated. I don't think people talk about it. I see a lot of top 10 super uh, baseball movies and it doesn't always make the list. It's oh, that's insane. It should definitely be top 10 baseball. Movie. Yeah. Um, uh, what was my point? My point is, um, uh, oh, I, my point was dumb. My point was that there must be <laughs> cooler movies. Uh, cooler reference? Yeah, that are cool, that are actually like, know. that people know. Like, what would be stereotypically? A Harry Styles video where he goes inside his brain and battles homophobia or something like that? <laughs> Sure, yeah. <laughs> that old music video. Sure. I don't know. I like Harry Styles. Sure, sure. Um, you like his you like the stories from his videos mostly. <laughs> yeah, I get into him. There was some video <laughs> recently where he's in some Irish town and everybody is like a zombie brain or something and he yeah. awakens them with love. I was only half watching. Anyway, I've never seen a Harry Styles music oh, you video. You gotta watch them. They're great. Never seen his one. girlfriend I'm not Olivia sure. Wilde not- is directing them. I'm not sure I know his his songs. I mean, I'm sure. You know I've Watermelon Sugar? I know those words. Just as separate words? <laughs> yeah, Watermelon and Sugar. I've heard <laughs> those two words. It's a title of a song. Pretty. I believe you. Big song from last summer, I think. That sort of feels just like leftover words. He's like, what can I name the song? <laughs> when I no say it made, it's an insane title. No one's title. made Watermelon Sugar yet. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's like, I want to hold your hand. Take in uh, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, yeah. How about hey, yeah? No, that's taken. Okay. What about single ladies? Nah. Sugar. <laughs> um, see, we're kind yeah, of that one, you can do. that one you can do. All right. So we got Otto and Peter yeah, battling in a mental landscape. And yeah, um, uh, Otto's in so, his tights outfit, his green tights. Yeah. So we're seeing kind of a classic Peter Otto battle. Um, the first move that Peter does is kind of a Kind of sentimental, but kind of fun. He summons the memories of everyone who loves him, and they appear as people who will fight with him. And it's like Aunt May and Betty Brant and Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy and just all of his friends and family, which he has way more than Otto. Right. It reminds me of um, the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon when Spider-Man is trying to free himself from the symbiote. He uh, summons his friends to protect him led by uncle Ben. And it's a really moving moment. He's like, he's like, you can't, you can't make me hate. Cause these people taught me to love basically is sort of the yeah. message there. I'm uh, a sucker for things like this. Like it's a little bit too. like, you know, human versus robot, the robot can't love, you know, good guy versus bad guy. I have teamwork, but you know what? I fall for it every time. I love it. Yeah. Most of these people are dead. Uh, most of his loved ones are dead, but, but not few are alive. His, only, only a few by his hand. Uh, Uncle Ben, <laughs> Gwen, <laughs> Stacy, 
Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, I think true. front and center are two people that he killed, right? Like, I mean, that he was his inaction. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing uh, um, Uncle Ben, Gwen Stacy, and Captain Stacy all there. They're dead, dead, and dead. Um, but not to spoil anything, but Flash is going to die. Uh, Harry's died at least once. Um, JJJ uh, is on and, Spidey's and, side, interestingly. Uh, John Sr., John Jameson Sr. Yeah, like J- they show J-J-J regular JJJ on Spidey's side. Yeah, but Not, I'm saying JJJ Sr. is also going to die. A lot of these people don't live long. Okay. They're not safe uh, yes, when Slot is the writer. Yeah, but uh, J. Jonah Jameson is there, yeah. He's a, he's a colleague. I mean, he's he pays he pays Spider-Man's bills. I don't think he'd be here on Spidey's side. But no. um, but would he fight for Peter Parker? For Peter, yeah, maybe. Because he, if he doesn't know Peter as Spidey, yeah. I mean, the the, the latter era, uh, Jameson, there were there's moments where people like to write those sweet moments, like he hired Peter Parker in that Chip Zdarsky annual I made you read because he saw yeah. that Peter's parents or his uh, Peter's uncle had just died, so he's like right. giving him a break. In the Spider-Man movie, he won't betray. He won't give away Peter's Peter identity to, to the, the Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's got moments, integrity. Yeah, he won't pay Peter. Right, right. Because Peter will waste the money on uh, Pearl Jam tickets. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of like what would be a J. Jonah. That's a, that's very Jonah, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so his friends and family come out to fight Dr. Octopus. They grab his tentacles. Um, and they're like Gwen, Gwen Stacy's on his choke holding him and Mary Jane's got a tentacle and Captain Stacy's got another tentacle. <laughs> uh, uh, Jameson is hold, uh, hanging for dear life. I mean, they're going for it. Do we see is that Miles? Uh, in the hood? Yeah. I'm not sure. It, it might be the, from it's the... A, um, it's a Miles look. It looks like it might be the kid from the the, the think tank the, he works in. Uh, a Watu. Watu, yeah. yeah. Glory Grant is definitely there. I mean, Miles should be there, but it doesn't look like there's any superheroes here. So I guess they're just trying to show friends and family of Peter, not Spidey. Right. Because if it was Human Torch, would be here, right? If it was. Okay. Right. A good friend of his. So then so. Otto's, Otto's getting overwhelmed, but in response, he summons every villain who hates Spider Man to be on his side. Yeah. And who's leading that group? Who's in the front and center of that group? Well, is, is that the big man? Uh, no, that? I think that's just the guy who shot Uncle Ben. <laughs> oh, I guess that's that emotionally makes sense. Yeah, but I don't know a lot why. of a lot of Ditko people here. Yeah, Ringmasters really gets a a, a nice position spot. there for a, a pathetic character. Yeah, the, there's the Chameleon, uh, Crime Masters in the back, Kingpin. It's mostly Ditko guys. Though you got Beetle and you got and, Rhino. Uh, that's not a Ditko guy. Rhino, King, yeah. Kingpin's not a Ditko guy. That's right. Um. I mean, Ditko yeah. just dominates. I mean, actually, I don't know if Ditko created the Ringmaster. That might be a Kirby character. I'm not sure where Ringmaster debuted. It was not in Spider-Man. Okay. But yes, he calls them forth uh, and the goblin laughing. Oh, this is going to be fun, Parker. Uh, uh, even the right. Ringmaster gets a line. Let the show begin. Classic Ringmaster catchphrase. It's still presented as an emotional thing. Like Dr. Ock doesn't say, here's every villain. It's like all of your fears and anxieties. Yeah. Um. And they start to win, right? They wipe out Uncle Ben. They wipe out Captain Stacy. They start to, one by one, obliterate everybody. Yeah, and as these people get obliterated, Peter can't remember who they are. Like, he sees Captain Stacy get disintegrated. He's like, Captain Stacy, Captain Captain George, John, Jim, 
Gwen's dad, why can't I remember? And he realizes that his memories are getting erased and he's, his tears, he wells up with tears and he, he can't begs, remember uncle. He can't remember uncle Ben's name. Right. Um, and Otto uh, will not, will not abate. Yeah. And then Peter, uh, as you do in your dream, peels off his skin. Face. Oh, there's, there's also a little shot out here. Peter Parker, no more like a reference to Spider-Man. No more. I'm not familiar. That's a very famous old amazing. Is that Spider-Man a famous? Movie. Yeah, but Spider-Man No More yeah. is very famous. A John Romita story. It, what's it's a, a shot of the to? mask in the? What's it a tribute one, to? That, not teenagers. It's just uh, it was tribute to kids, tribute to adults, tribute it was to. Non, uh, it was not tributed to anybody. It was just a dramatic no. point when. I don't know if those ones stand out. The ones that stand out to most people are the issues that are tributes. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter rips off his human face mask to reveal Spider-Man underneath. Yep. And let's take our break on that gruesome image. Hi, this is Kevin. I'm here with my brother, Will, and we are the hosts of Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics, our weekly podcast about comic books. And we want to hear from you. We have a slew of social media accounts, a slew. You can email us at screwitcomics at gmail.com or see us on Instagram at screwitcomics or tweet at us at screwitcomics. So tell us what you think of the comics you like or the comics you don't or things we've talked about on our episodes. Or send us some life advice. You can tell that we need it. Yes. Uh, we might read your message on a future episode of our show. So thanks. In advance from Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. And we are back. Yes. So Spidey at first makes some headway against Otto. And Otto is scared. Yeah, there's an interesting... I mean, I don't know how much thought was put into this, but um, in Peter's mind, is he more Spider-Man than Peter Parker? Because now he's stronger. He's stronger if he accepts who he really is. And deep down under his skin, he's Spider-Man. Like what's the emotional reason why the yeah. Spider-Man incarnation of him has more power? Yeah. I think uh, it's more it, just like that's a cooler image. But um, uh, but you could argue that, that like, part of him, like just, hey, your superpowers yeah. are part of you. Yeah, he thinks of himself as Peter Parker. But really deep down, Peter Parker was changed when he became Spider-Man. Right, right. This is a little more Batman way of thinking, which is like Bruce Wayne is the costume and Batman is the real person. Yeah, he's he's truly himself when he's Spider-Man. Maybe. I don't know if that's... I, I, it definitely represents it. an anxiety of Otto. Like if the villains, if Spidey's villains represent his fears and anxiety, the image of Spider-Man, ironically, is a source of great doubt and anxiety to Otto. Since he's beaten yeah. him every time. I mean, also, yeah, the moment Spider-Man attacks... Uh, Otto freaks out. No, not like this. This isn't fair. He screams and runs away. Um, Spider-Man's like, you had your shot, Octavius. You ruined your own life. You stole mine. And you talk to me about what's fair. What's the matter, Otto? Thought you wanted to be a hero now. Heroes don't run as Otto like runs away in the dreamscape. Yeah. And then there's an interesting moment here where Peter finally says like, yeah, you don't get power and responsibility. You don't deserve this. You haven't done it right. I'm the one who does it right. And then Otto uh, kind of bloody... And Beaton has this full page thing where it's like a bait and switch. It looks like he's going to give up, but give yeah. you back your life. But I, I see now I have to be responsible, do the right thing. I must give the world what it truly needs. Then there's a big sinister smile. And the answer to what the world truly needs, he goes is me. And he peels off yeah. his auto face. And there's a, the superior Spider-Man mask underneath. Right. Him. 
it's his responsibility to be a better Spider-Man than Peter Parker. Peter Parker, it would be irresponsible of him to let a, an inferior Spider-Man win. And so now there's two Spideys battling the amazing Spider-Man or the Peter Spider-Man and the auto Spider-Man. Yeah. It uh, looks cool. Like the coloring is a little different, but and the costumes are obviously a little different, but it's really fun. And we see like while they're fighting, uh, uh, Mayor Jameson is looking on, the Avengers are looking on, supervillains are looking on. Uh, yeah, the people who have been observing the superior Spider-Man mm-hmm. are watching this. Yeah, and Otto's like, the mayor and the police support me like never before. True. Uh, but Spider-Man says, well, the Avengers are ready to kick you off. Uh, nobody trusts me anymore. Not even the man on the street. Uh, and then there's an interesting little Otto. What's really great about the superior Spider-Man series is Otto often has a point. It never mm-hmm. goes so far as to really pin him as the good guy, but there's some nuance here. Like he usually has some good argument and his argument is the little girl he saved. Peter probably couldn't have saved her because he didn't have the medical knowledge, or at least right. that's, that's reasonable to think. Yeah. And then even better is that Peter tried to stop him from operating. Right. Yeah. Peter initially was making his handshake so that he couldn't do this operation, which would have let this little girl die. And then Peter, in this little mind battle, has to admit he that was self-preservation. He knew that if Otto saved the girl and got the brain tool, he could ghost Peter would be found out. Yeah. So it was kind um, of a selfish move. He was sort of threatening this girl's safety to preserve himself. I mean, in the moment, he says like he just didn't trust Otto to do it, um, which feels... He definitely doesn't trust Otto, right? He helped save that kid in the massacre fight. Where Otto wanted to just take Massacre out. Yep, right. That right. would save the I kid. I mean, Peter, like, Peter is the good guy. Like the, the series yeah. overall is clear about that. But there are these moments where it's like, no, that's true. You did you did almost stop him from saving this little girl. Yeah. Um, and for a moment at least, Peter Parker didn't want her, didn't want him to succeed at it. Yeah. He had a moment of uh evilness in a sense. Um, but that doubt makes Peter lose this fight, basically. Uh, Otto's like, you don't deserve to be Spider-Man. You understand that now. You're not worthy. You're nothing to me. Less than nothing. Commencing mind wipe. And then he finishes the job and wipes Peter's memories out of existence. And we cut back to the real non-matrixy world and Spidey Otto takes off his brain device and Ghost Peter is gone. Yeah. Um, and that's how it ends. I picked this issue as one of the ones we cover in detail just because I think this is a huge moment like Throughout the uh, issues that preceded this one, this is issue um, nine, the eight issues that preceded this, Ghost Peter's around. And there's in, a, in my mind when I was reading it, it was like, well, that's how he will eventually win. You know, Peter's still in his brain. Yeah, yeah, eventually. But now that's been removed. It's, it's, yes. it's intriguing. It's like, well, how does Peter win now? Right. So, like, basically, this the comic up till now had basically this back door, and you could see and be like, well, that back door is how you get out of this. Um, and now that back door has been removed completely. And I, and it's fun, especially when you think about how the press for all this is like, Otto will be Spider-Man forever. But then they had Peter Parker in the comics. Everyone's like, well, maybe people calm down a little bit. Then this happens and people must have gotten even, the people who were mad about it must have gotten even angrier Yeah, to, to see like, oh, now you've killed him twice. You've killed Peter Parker twice. Yeah. Um, it is very satisfying. Yeah. Good storytelling move though. I, I was like shocked at the end of this. Yeah, it's very surprising. Um, we're going to do one more issue, right? 
Yeah, let's talk about the next issue real quickly. This is issue 10, also drawn by Stegman. Um, this is kind of, this the, this issue, they sort of just like, so now that Ghost Peter's gone, let's revisit all of the threads in play and move them all forward a little bit. Right, and what are those uh, threads, Well, One of the threads is um, Peter's violent, or sorry, Spidey Otto's violence against criminals. Uh, the more brutal Spider-Man exists. Yeah. And he's just, you know, wreaking violent vengeance against all of the uh, villains, both unpowered yeah. and powered. What little part of him, Peter, that was holding him back is gone now. Right. So he's just an agent of vengeance. That's one yeah. thing that is established. Another thing we is also the, see, Yeah. Go. Um, Goblin is um, is working. The Green Goblin exists and is slowly assembling something to take out Spidey. Yeah, he's assembling like an underground army. Everyone's got these like goblin tattoos and they're he's, like yeah, recruiting coming out of the than, sewers and recruiting people. Yeah, so he's we see him working also on the Spidey bots to try to figure out how to like subvert their surveillance. So Goblin is working on stuff. Um yeah, Carly Cooper is still trying to get proof about um that this Spider-Man is evil, at least. At the very least, if, if not, he's controlled by Otto that he's evil. But none of the cops who saw him kill Massacre will yeah, admit to the fact that there was they make they make it sound like maybe he killed him, maybe he had to, we won't say. Right. They all saw him commit the murder, but they're in favor of it. So they're protecting Spider-Man. But by doing it, they're they're protecting Otto from Cooper being able to prove. Yeah. Um, there's uh, also Peter's, or sorry, Otto Peter's academic life. Yes. Uh, he's, he's still, still trying to get his PhD. Because his pride can't let him not have a PhD. So he doesn't respect his professor, former colleague of Otto Octavius. Uh, and also romance from Anna Marconi, the tutor. Yeah. And he's kind of ignoring Mary Jane Watson, who he's sort of just... He's written her off. Uh, he's like, yeah, that's that's a dead end. So I'm not pursuing feelings for her. He's not talking to her. And that's making her, her very, very suspicious. Good, yeah, she's a very good friend of Peter Parker. Even if Peter didn't want to date her, he would never block her out completely. He would never do that. So she knows something's up. Uh, we also see him at home with that May and JJJ Sr. Yeah. Um, uh, which is so funny to see Otto in Peter's body. Like he is always drawn with... Stegman draws him with a real supervillain expressions all the time. Yeah, yeah. And his language is crazy. Yeah. Like May says to him, everything's so lovely tonight. I don't want to ruin it, but I have a request to make. And Peter's response is, please, you dear sweet lady, how could I deny you anything? Which just sounds insane, right? Like that's yeah. not Peter talking. I mean, Peter did say things like, uh, um, you know, in jest, uh, right? Like, right. He'd be like, are you going out modeling tonight? Um, yeah. Don't don't break too many hearts. Like he would talk to her a little bit in exaggerated silliness to make her laugh, uh, presumably. Mm -hmm. So as, maybe as, uh, as partial kind of comedians, we identify that sort of. Repartee. Yeah. 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 Peter Parker is a partial kind of comedian. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess Stan Lee is more accurately and Stan Lee's corny humor lives on in Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, the Jameson's fight over whether Spider-Man is good or not. But May doesn't like Peter working for Spider-Man. Uh, and Peter promises not to anymore. Or not be seen with Spider-Man anymore, at least. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's... May is satisfied with that. 
Uh, yeah, the JJJ is fighting is funny. Like our JJJ is like right wing. Screw these bleeding hearts. We need a Clint Eastwood to come in and make my day and get rid of them all. And JJJ Senior is like a bleeding heart liberal who's like yeah. rights of the people. And um, you know, yeah. this is a fascist. You know, he's against vigilantes, basically. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, Aunt I mean, May hears that Peter also has a date, and she's very happy that he's seeing somebody. Um, and he has a date with Anna Marconi, who's like cooking with dry ice or something. Yeah, uh, so he she trips and falls, and his spidey sense lets him protect her. Yeah, he saves her from dry ice, like landing in her face and her eyes, which would have done some serious damage. Yeah. And they kiss. They kiss, so that relationship is moving forward, and, and Otto is definitely interested. He really, he's intrigued and he respects Anna Marconi's brain. Um, Mary Jane has a, is attacked by um, Goblin, the Goblin the, Army, the Goblin Army, which includes the little vulture kids who could fly now, or little flying goblins. Yeah, and so um, they attack her club and burn it down, and she basically tries to reach Peter Parker and can't. Yeah, she is saved by firemen, but she the fire is you know she's uh, delirious from the smoke and the fumes, and as a fireman scoops her up, she goes, Peter, I knew you would. And uh, it happens to be a fireman named Pedro. Yeah. But uh, that's a coincidence. In real life, Peter did not save her. Peter, yeah. we, we've seen him. He routes fires to the fire department. He doesn't tend to them. Yeah, and he was busy fighting Tombstone and some thugs. So he took out superpowered Tombstone and basically left Mary Jane to die unless the fire department could save her, which they did. Right, but, but we also... But there's also this aspect that the goblin has rewired the spider bots not to see goblins. And that's so his spider bots didn't even know this fire was happening. We see the goblins when they're going in to put, to attack, they they wave their hands in oh, front yeah, of the right, spider right, bot right, and the spider bot just sits there. Um, and so they're able to fly in and cause this mayhem. So even his big brother technology, we see a flaw in it that we didn't know. We saw a green goblin like doing something with it earlier. Yeah. And now somehow these spider bots don't see the, the little goblin kids. So he's not even aware it happened. So, but also the Mary Jane has even more evidence that something is up with this Spider-Man. Right. And it ends with uh, the green goblin lording over his goblin army in the sewers. Yeah. Which is getting um, large. The um, sewers of New York city and Marvel comics, they look like the most beautiful place you could imagine, like the streets of Paris. And yeah. there's always multiple superpowered gangs hanging out in the sewers of New York and doing great. I mean, the only sewers that I think look better than Marvel's sewers is uh, Lex Luthor's base in the first Superman movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's he's a, like, it looks like he's got Penn Station down there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the only that's the only sewer system I prefer to live in in the Marvel sewer system. So many people live in the Marvel sewer system. I don't know where the sewage goes in there and that New York. Yeah, it's city. probably a problem for the water drainage. There's just yeah. not crocodiles in the sewer, but supervillain gangs. It's like, oh, should we put the sewage down there? Can't do that. It's where the Morlocks live. <laughs> what about over here? Nah, Goblin's got that area. He's playing rent. <laughs> Pied Piper's over here waiting to battle Frog Thor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're running out of areas. And technically, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are here somewhere because they got their powers from Matt Murdock, so they're in this universe somewhere. Vermin will let us put a little bit of sewage, not too much. How about Man-Bat? Wrong continuity, my friend. We don't got to <laughs> worry about Man-Bat. He's more of an underbridge guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
pretty great, uh, pretty great run of issues here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really fun. So now Peter Parker is dead again, and Otto's life seems to be progressing nicely, other than the threat of this building threat of the Green Goblin. So what issues are we going to cover next, Kevin? Great question, Will. Um, I don't know. Yeah, why should we know? And there's no way for me to I listened ever... to a little of the uh, X-Men Explained today. I was listening to one of their Chris Claremont-focused episodes. Sure, yeah. And uh, Kevin, I got to tell you, they got their act together. They like <laughs> they have like a plan, mm-hmm. and um, their their episodes are compact, and they yeah they they know they sure. seem to have some kind of outline of what they're going to cover, and they have like specific examples uh, for what they want to talk about. Um, I mean, uh, uh, the Amazing Spider Talk was covering the Roger Stern era. And as very scheduled, uh, uh, each episode has a specific area of that time or on guest. The questions are all pre-written. We're like uh, the when they have guests, they have questions prepared. That's interesting. Yeah, we have guests, and we have to say like, "Well, who are you?" Yeah, yeah. You say you're the editor of Marvel Comics, but what does that mean, Marvel um, Comics? Um, next week we'll be doing another mailbag episode, Will, because we are we're just getting tons of mail. Despite our ineptitude, people like us and write to us occasionally. Yeah. So next good. week we'll be covering X Men issues, probably one hundred nine to one thirteen. Some burn issues there. Very exciting. And we'll be answering mail, and then in two weeks we'll be back to talk about Superior Spider Man issues eleven through sixteen. Uh, we'll be focusing on issue fourteen. Have okay. you read those yet? Uh, I think I'm up through 14, so I, okay. I'll, I'll, but I'll be there. I'll be there. So yeah, you're pretty close. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we only have one more episode for superior Spider-Man. Cause then we're going to cover basically the, the, the second we're gonna half skip to the end kind of, yeah, we're going to skip all the way to issue 30, uh, uh, briefly, briefly talk about like 17 to 25, which will be like a venom storyline. And I think a hobgoblin storyline. Uh, and we'll just cover the final arc with the green goblin. Very exciting. This is I'm this, this what a great recommendation it's been to read this series it's been a real delight. Yeah. Reading so again, the Claremont X-Men the beginning of the Claremont X-Men because that's a 17 year time period but the beginning of the Claremont X-Men and the slot Superior Spider-Man it's just been oh right amazing comics have happened that I haven't read it's really fun. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because I do think Slot is a little bit of a throwback. He's more event driven than say Claremont of the 70s would have been, right? He's Right. This is an event and a lot of his storylines are like building up to the next event, the next thing that you could promote and sell and have spinoff comics and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and get some attention and get a little bump in the sales, which is just yeah. a big part of comics. But other than that aspect of it, Slot definitely comes from the uh, late 70s, early 80s style of like slow bubbling subplots. Like this Green Goblin subplot is very similar to like how Claremont had the Star Jammers subplot. Right. The Xavier's like Vision's that are right. haunting him for several issues before we find out what that's really about. Right. We just see the goblin has very little impact on the story so far, but we keep seeing it every like two or three issues. It reminds you like goblins out there. Yeah. Um, so that sort of stuff, it reminds me of Claremont and, you know, writers of the time, Roger Stern would do that for sure. Yeah. Um, Simon said, every, uh, most of them did it back then. Claremont was maybe the king of it. But it's a lot of the out to me about these then. slot issues that we're reading. This is really my I, first time I'm reading any. Oh, go ahead. I guess also my point is not a lot of writers, I think, do this as much anymore. Oh. Do these what slow, are, boiling what are, over plot what do they? What do they do instead? They just tell like, uh, I mean, there's some of that, but I think it's a lot more just like, here's the arc. Here's what this story's about. Here are the characters. We're not setting up the next arc. 
Okay. It's more contained. Yeah. Episodic. Yeah. Uh, I think also because like runs are shorter, creators can get kicked off sooner. Status quo's don't necessarily continue from writer to writer as much. So it's generally like I'm taking over a whole new cast. Uh, I don't know how long they'll be around for. Maybe I'm only going to get 12 issues. So I'm going to write it in a way that like, if I get canceled after 12, you just got this one story. And if I get another 12, I'll tell that story. Uh, I think that happens more now. But go on. You were saying you haven't read much slot. And uh, what I'm impressed by is the sort of like um, uh, little nuance moments within the within the big plot twists, like or not plot twists, but um, basically the empathy he has for Otto. Not that he thinks Otto is good, but the sort of like, oh, here's what Otto would do to get out of the situation. It's like, oh, that is like clever and like. Here's what Spider-Man, like he thinks about the battles better than I'm thinking about it. And then he can surprise me with it. Yeah. Um, I really love the, the human moments for Otto, like where he uh, gets the doll. Yeah. He keeps the doll. Really thrown by that, like that kindness. And then it things really like, okay, the Avengers are going to check him out. They're going to figure it out. But the truth is his body's fine. So they don't find it out. And like you say, <laughs> they can ascribe their own explanation. They can live with as to what he's doing. And he is doing enough good to not be a complete red flag, red alarm. So stuff like that is really interesting. Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't have like a roommate or significant other uh, uh, that preceded this brain switch, I think does give and, and he lives in a comic book universe gives you that believability that like superheroes go through so many status quo shifts and personality shifts yeah uh that it's like ah peter's being really violent would he ever do that i mean maybe yeah maybe temporarily or something maybe he would maybe you know he used to wear the uh, the black costume that I made it's like a shift. I, I you know when i read like pulpy adventure stories give me the good guy give me the bad guy you know, I don't need a ton of explanation of why the bad guy's bad or why the good guy's good. Like, I just know it's a good versus evil story. There's good and there's evil in the world and they battle, mm -hmm. right? So, but Dan Slott kind of does a good job of like giving me a specific sort of grounded reason as to why those things are happening. Like Otto gets won over to the good side mm -hmm. as Peter is dying, but it's because of Peter floods him with his own loving memories. Yeah. He like infuses love into Otto just enough to tip the scales away from total evil. And that is like Peter's last heroic move of his life, as, as far as we know right now. I mean, and Otto is, well, a villain you and I both love a lot. He's a villain that sometimes is just treated like a raving lunatic in the past. Like he's just a yeah. guy with arms. There's times when he's, he's just like, like bad guy, bad guy. Like in the Secret Wars, he was just sort of an egomaniac, <laughs> but he was like nowhere near smart enough or uh controlled enough to like lead the secret wars team right uh, and that's that's like the 80s that's like pretty prime superhero time but otto seemed like a second tier villain at that point despite yeah. being one of spider-man's early a tier main main villains and but the star so, of almost every great spidey story really but getting passed by the goblins uh, green and hob uh <laughs> really did a number on otto and i think Slot did two things, right? Before this arc, in our comics you have not read, he reestablished, I mean, some of that was started under like Eric Larson and David Michelini, but uh, reestablished Dr. Octopus as a threat, okay, as a legitimate just... threat. But uh, Slot continued that and like just made this like, this guy is an A tier. This is 
this is Ca- uh, Spider-Man's 1B villain. After Goblin. Okay. Yeah, if Norman Osborn is 1A, this is 1B. This is not 2. This is not 3. This is the Penguin to Norman Osborn's Riddler. Or Joker. Yeah, this is like Brainiac to Luther, right? It's like yeah. uh, only because Luther's so big. Otherwise, this guy would be the number one villain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, if you, there was no Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus would still be the main villain. Yeah. Well, this and series he, is And great. he reminds us of this. And then this story has to, like, really give him even more depth because to, to be the lead. Yeah, he's the protagonist. Yeah, you've got to uh, even round him out more than just, like, evil genius who's, who wants to destroy the ozone every now and then. Oh, man, he hates the ozone. Yeah, I never realized it before this issue, but the ozone is the real enemy. Um, if you want to email us, email us at uh, screwitcomics at gmail.com. Yeah, we have an Instagram account, screwitcomics, and a Twitter account, screwitcomics. Please follow us there. And uh, we'll be back next week with some mutants and mailbag. Yeah. Um, bye, everyone. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. Screw it. Just comics. Hi, Adam Peacock from My Neighbors Are Dead here. Each week on My Neighbors Are Dead, I talk to the tertiary characters real and imagined from your favorite horror films. But this summer, we're doing something different. We are taking you to the northern woods of Michigan, all the way up to Whitlow Lake, to bring you the original tale of the My Neighbors Are Dead summer camp massacre. We're bringing back some fan favorites of the show as we try to piece together through interviews with survivors, witnesses, and with any luck, the killer Chad himself. We're going to try to piece together exactly what the hell happened up there at Camp Willow Lake. It starts June 22nd and it runs all summer long. That's the My Neighbors Are Dead Summer Camp Massacre. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.